Hey, ringers, you are listening to an older episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you're on a total binge and this is your 50th, thank you. You are already a ringer in our hearts. You'll hear more about ringers in future episodes. And you'll hear in season six that we launched a Patreon community for amazing ringers just like you. But because this is an older episode, you're not yet privy to that information. And we didn't want you to miss out, so please accept our invitation to join us at patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash P-A-R-O-I. Patreon is a membership platform that allows amazing listeners like you to support fun-loving creatives like us in a really big way. Yeah, you can become a supporter for as little as two bucks a month, and we've got some amazing benefits for you, like getting your questions answered, one-on-ones with Danielle and I, and a ton more. All are welcome, and we can't thank you enough for your support. Okay, now on to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Warby Parker. Get five pairs of glasses to try on in your own home for five days, for free, visit WarbyParkerTrial.com slash ring. This is the Put a Ring on It podcast. I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner of DPNAC Weddings and fellow bride-to-be. And I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer of Daniel Moyer Photography, husband, father, and I make the best scrambled eggs in the entire world. The Put a Ring on It podcast is for brides, grooms, and anyone involved in planning a wedding who wants the confidence to pull off an amazing wedding celebration with their most favorite people on the planet. Every other week, we share practical planning advice, insider tips, and behind-the-scenes stories from our own adventures in the wedding world. We pull back the veil and have honest conversations about real things, about stressful things, and about all the things that go into planning a wedding. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 55 of the Put a Ring on It podcast. I'm Danielle. I'm Dan. Hi, Dan. Dan, do you, do you know that I dated a football player in high school and his number, his jersey number was 55? That's, that's a joke. It's got to be a joke. Are you it's really? not a joke. I swear to God, I have pictures. I can show you. Oh. Okay. Was it like for very what position time. did he play? Center. Oh, interesting. He must have been a big guy. Is he a big teddy bear kind of guy? No. He was. He was a big teddy bear. So I yeah, did that's not I, that. I have I, I have no good stories about the number fifty five. Sorry. No? Oh that's okay. You don't you don't have to. And speaking of fifty five, today we're talking about honeymoons, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent seg you. Thank you. Segway. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm very excited. To talk about to talk about this topic today because a I think we all need a vacation and I this is a this is a topic that is so far outside of my world and I'm just oh I can't wait to to ask all my questions. Yeah, we. I mean, I I wish that we could just do another honeymoon like right now because here, here's the thing like I feel like honeymoon's different than travel or like just like a vacation because in my opinion everybody just gets it everybody's just like no 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 go ahead. Go like, don't text me. Don't, you know, work will be here when you get back. Just go and enjoy yourselves. At least that's what, like all the people that, you know, all my couples who come back, they're always like, oh my gosh, it was amazing. And it was, it was just literally the most amazing two weeks, you know, except for Alice being born. But um, it's just such an amazing time. And I'm so glad we have an expert here to talk about it. 
We do. We have Miss Arena Vishnevskaya um, from Ali Travel here. And I am so pumped that I just said her name correctly, right? Did I? You did. You did. You nailed it. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Perfect. I'm I'm so happy that. Yeah, I'm so happy that you are um, that you're joining us. And maybe we can start off by um, you telling us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Um, so I am the founder and owner. I don't know, chief lady person um, <laughs> of Ale Travel, and we kind of. Um, it, I always struggle with. We're not quite a travel agent. We're kind of like the new age version of a travel agent, and sort of like if you were to take what a wedding planner does, but superimpose that onto honeymoons is probably the better way to describe it. Um, or like the new age version of travel agents. It depends on the day that you talk to me, how I describe what we do. Um, <laughs> <Preach>. <laughs> today I'm using all of them. So that's good. Um, and we have a group of, we're a small company, but it's about four of us uh, that work with clients. All of our clients are from the U.S., but all of us are located in other parts of the world. I'm the only one in the U.S. in Brooklyn, New York. Um, cool. And our team is kind of purposely remote and experts in their parts of the world if that makes sense so if you're going to Italy you're not working with somebody who's like oh let me open a book about Italy you're working with someone who (laughs) knows Italy really well because they maybe have lived there or have traveled there extensively things like that so that's why we're remote a bit of background um, on that but yeah we plan really extraordinary travels I used to uh, live in Europe for my former job I worked in a very different world I um, sold and installed brewing equipment for craft breweries all over the the world Um, so very different from what I do now but that's why I kind of traveled a ton and then got miles to travel more personally uh and then I would come home from my trips and people would be like well how did you know to do that who told you about this and I was like well what do you mean I don't know I just did um so that's how the idea amazing it's just what happens (laughs) it's just I was born this way (laughs) that's how Um, I feel about timelines what do you mean it's just this is just how it is I woke up and it happened. Um, no, so then my, my now husband um, was like, well, why don't you just try it? Like, see if anybody is interested in this and put up a website. And then I realized nobody would ever find a website <laughs> because it's a big internet out there. Um, so, so then we started working a lot with honeymooners because that just like made a lot of sense as yeah. a really good way for, for us to, to connect with um, people who are, it is kind of a service that's very fit for a super special lifetime trip. So um, yeah. it, it, that kind of makes sense for us. The the age of people getting married are kind of our perfect clients. Uh, and we've been living in the honeymoon space ever since. But now we're also working with people as they have babies and they want to travel or their kids want to, or their, sorry, their parents want to go on trips and we plan their parents' trips. So we've also gotten into um, other things as well. And baby travel is like a whole different, none of our team has babies. So we're, that's, that's different. We're not there yet. We're learning. Cool. <laughs> um, we're, I can, I, yeah, honeymoons are our bread and butter. We love them a lot. So, so it sounds like, uh, that like honeymoons are something very specialized. Like you guys do a lot of them. So why, um, why is it that you feel that honeymoons are so important rather than just being like a special time of your life or whatever? Why is it that you guys chose to focus on that? And why do you think that they're so important? 
So I probably would have not understood this as well if you had talked to me before my own wedding. But um, when I was getting married, this was a few years ago, I really felt like I was constantly being told, like, it's your wedding. You have to do what you want to do. But then at the same time, everyone has an opinion. My grandma's losing it because I don't want a veil. I just want flowers in my hair and she's crying (laughs) at night. And it's just like, but I thought you said this was my wedding. What's cool about the honeymoon is it's literally really about the two of you. You don't have to run it past anyone who, where you want to go, how much money you want to spend on it, how long you want to spend there. Well, maybe your boss about that, but but really, truly, it's about the two of you. And that's, that's like the, the wedding planning season is an intense one. It brings out a lot in people. It's stressful. It is more of a community event than truly about the two of you. So it's really nice after a big high like that, a big adrenaline rush, a big, um, huge, life event, right? Probably one of your biggest emotional everything events to then come back to just have it be the two of you go somewhere that's outside of your normal, wherever that is. It can literally be a two hour drive away to some cabin in the forest, whatever it is, and recenter, re kind of calibrate, bring it back in. Um, Reminisce and laugh about the wedding, look at pictures from the wedding. I mean, like it can be coming down from this big event, but I really yeah. think it's so vital. And I can't imagine going back to work the Monday or Tuesday after your wedding. Like you just need kind of like a slate cleanse. So that to me is what honeymoons are. That's ah. awesome. So so where do you think as couples are engaged and they're they're working on wedding plans, where should they start when it comes to planning the honeymoon? Like ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So I, in my experience, what what I felt personally and also what I see from our clients is the honeymoon uh, planning part fits in really well, like in between picking your venue and then getting into the nitty gritty of all the other stuff. You know, I feel like a lot of times there's this natural lull where like, okay, we have our date, we have like the big stuff picked out but we're not quite to the other things. Um, Timeline-wise, I think it's, I really recommend you start talking about it together as a couple about like kicking around ideas and maybe not even like specific places in the world you want to go, but just what kind of a feeling do you want on your honeymoon? Do you, uh, you know, budget-wise, what do you think you can swing as you're starting to look at numbers and and have it be something that you're not like, okay, we're going to sit down today and we're going to hammer it out and like we're going to stand up from this honeymoon <laughs> summit and have everything figured out, but it's just something that you like start to mull over. Um, talk to your coworkers and whoever else, see where they've been. Don't put too much weight on that. It is still about the two of you, um, but but it is interesting to get ideas. So I would say like the ideation part about a year before you want to travel, and then actually like rubber hits the road booking things for flights for international flights. Generally, it's six to eight months before you fly is the sweet spot. I know a lot of times people think, well, I'm going to book a year and a half in advance because I'll get the best deal. It's not quite how that works. The way airline um, pricing works is if they view, um, they have like a bucket of people that they view as that these people need to travel. So it's last minute travelers. Like if you have, you know, a family trauma, big event, a funeral, you need to fly tomorrow and you don't care what the price is going to be. You have to go. So 
those prices are high, but also fly booking too far in advance, like a year in advance kind of puts you into the category of, oh, they probably have to travel on that date because maybe they're traveling for a family wedding. Maybe they have an event that they have to be there on that day, right? So you want to be in the sweet spot where the airlines view you as like kind of hard to get could travel on this day, but I don't have to. Um, so, so that, and that's usually around six months. Now, if you see a crazy good deal, you know, 10 months before and you're set on going there, do it. But generally yeah. that that's where, and then obviously from air, then everything else kind of um, kicks into gear and timing wise, that's perfect. Um, so about six months, six to eight months is, is really when like you should be planning. That being said, um, we get a lot of panic calls from people that are like two weeks away from their wedding and now they're deciding <laughs> that they need to honeymoon. And that's a little bit too late. Um, that's probably in that case, I really just say like, really just go online and book like a package to Mexico because you can just quickly find something. And I get that you need awesome. to get away, but it's too late to really plan anything. This is probably gonna be a long, long question with part of like a story built in, but like, so I, I, I'm not good at sitting on the beach. My wife can just sit on the beach and plow through things. I, I'm like constantly moving. I need to be up and doing things. So it was very difficult for us to plan our honeymoon we we thought hawaii and then we thought like somewhere really far away and then we we're like well what should we do um and i, I guess this is probably a two-part question one is like like when they come to you do they do people need to have um an idea of where they need to go and like and then what do you do if somebody's like not like they're just not good at like plopping down and sitting on a beach yeah so so first of all and no, you don't need to know where you want to go. And most of our honeymooners don't. And we love that. We love that um, we get to be a part of the conversation and get to know you. We talk about destinations day in and day out. And we kind of have a feel for places. Not kind of. We really do. And also we get a feel for our clients. So we can help match things up. Um, and, and so absolutely it's not a requirement that you, to pick up the phone and talk to someone. You do not need to know where you want to go. Um, and number two, a honeymoon does not have to mean laying on the beach at <laughs> all. That is just like the image that's out there, but it does not have to be it. And I, I would say every single one of our clients is like, I go crazy. I can't, I can't just lay on the beach. <laughs> and we always, we always ask like, what's your limit? What's your, you know, like how many hours can you do two hours? Can you do a half day? Is it a day here and there that feels really good? Like everybody has their threshold. And it's about finding that and then working around that. Um, and also most couples, and this is something for the two of you to figure out, but most couples are really good about finding balance on a honeymoon. And it's really common that one person is a big beach body. Another person really loves adventure and activity. And so, you know, talk through like, what is that? What is the compromise that you're getting married, you probably have a bit of skill at this. Um, so so talk through how, how that could look. But yes, no no beaches are, are needed. You can honeymoon very successfully without ever even approaching a beach. Um, so. Sand, sand, if you will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that. So I, I hate to bring up the, the money question, but I think it's it's important to talk about. Is there totally. is there an amount that couples should plan to invest a honeymoon? Are there certain places where you you really need like a lot of money or you know a good chunk of yeah. money to make the trip actually worthwhile and even going there how do you how do you what do you recommend there 
Yeah, sure. So there's no, I wouldn't say there's like a rule as far as a number, like don't even think about honeymooning if you have less than this amount of money. Um, But a lot of it is is dictated by destination. So certain parts of the world, your dollar goes very far. Certain parts of the world, you need a lot of dollars to get very little. Um, So it's just, it's just about being clear, like, okay, this is our budget and making sure it fits with your destination. For example, Bora Bora is a, a beautiful word that a lot of people have a lot of amazing, yeah, exactly, amazing associations with. And they want to go to Bora Bora. They've seen pictures. Unfortunately, to go to Bora Bora, if you have less, a budget of less than $10,000, you can't really do it. And so yeah. if that is your dream and you want that, there are other alternative destinations that can get you close to that for less money. Um, so it's just figuring out that your threshold, your personal threshold and how far it goes in the kind of places that you want to go to is more of. Cool. I, I, so when, when you say that, is it that, is it that Bora Bora is this amazing place or is it just the fact that it's just a very expensive place? Like to me is the value in it or is it just like, no, this is just an actually just a very expensive place to travel to. It's kind of both. So Bora Bora is a good example of it has received a ton of marketing and it's just, it's literally a name. There is an island very close to Bora Bora that has literally everything that Bora Bora has, but just a little bit, not quite a bit cheaper and doesn't have the name. It's called Morea in case you want to look it up. So very, very similar. Yeah. Um, Writing that down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But um, as far, like, it's just... um, thing so first of all the flight there is expensive right so even Mm -hmm. to get over there for two people you're out four grand for most cities in the u.s unless you happen to be in la and you happen to you know find this great deal that leaves on a wednesday and comes back on a wednesday i don't know there are sometimes surprises but generally two grand for flights per person um and then it's it's an island so they don't grow anything they don't have anything everything needs to be brought in Food is crazy expensive. Wine, cocktails, think double what you would pay at home, if not more. Uh, So food is expensive. The kind of things that you'll be doing are expensive. And the resorts, those overwater bungalows that we all imagine, are about $1,000 per night. So it just, and they can get away with it. It's kind of a supply-demand thing. They can get away with it because people still come coming. There are enough people in the world, I guess, with budgets like this. So that's that that works for them. Um, But that doesn't mean that, you know, if that is your dream, there are other places that you can get like the same vibe at. So it doesn't it doesn't have to be unless you're like so attached to it has to be that name. Yeah. And this is where um, this is the kind of information like when you talk about travel agents, which I love what you said at the beginning that, you know, it's it's because when I think travel agent, I sort of think of those like triple A trip tickets that my parents used to get. (laughs) Right. And it's really not what it is anymore, but it's hard to sort of let go of that of that stereotype with it, um, that this is the kind of information that you get by sitting and talking with someone who's really knowledgeable about what they do. Granted, you can also Google to your blue in the face to maybe find this information, but it, it's you can easily just talk to somebody, give them your direct questions as opposed to figuring out how to word it so that Google tells you what you want to, to know. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, and that's it's a cool. question of time too, right? Yeah. So how much time do you have right. to Google till you're blue in the face? Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, uh, one of my couples just got back from Bora Bora, and I asked them, and he's like, he's like, yeah, it was about fourteen thousand for everything they wanted yeah. to do, um, and they said like they they <laughs> they really like went kind of gung ho for it, and they got one of those like bungalows that was yeah. over the water, and there was a huge hole in the middle with like like a big glass thing you could like look down. And there's pictures of them like swimming under, like waving, and uh, like there was a there was a, he showed me a video because I saw him the other day after they got back. Show me a video of like him like standing in in like their bathroom and like walking out from like there's no doors oh, or anything. Into, they yep. just like walked out to like like this like couple little patios that they were out there. And it was just like you walk out literally to paradise. Like you were on the water. And I was like, Yeah, like I, I could I could definitely pay for that, pay that for them. And they they made sacrifices in other places so that they could go and do this. Um but I guess uh, uh I guess something that comes along with that is like, and maybe this might be in or outside of your wheelhouse, but what do you think about those, um, like the honeymoon funds where guests can contribute to the cost of the honeymoon, things like that? What do you think about that? We love them. And most of our clients use them. I, I know um, maybe a few years ago, there was conversation of like, is it tacky? Is it weird to be registering for this kind of a thing? I think now most people have gotten a, like their minds around it. The thing is, I think we, at least from my perspective, we live in a world where most people are living together before they're getting married. So their 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 kitchen is kind of stocked already. They've <laughs> got the towels, the bedding, and okay, yep. it's it's nice to register and get an upgrade on things, right? But it's it's not like that life essential where you know we're getting a home together for the first time and things like that. So it doesn't that doesn't feel as important. Um, and so it's. It's funds for, you know, like some people even register for their their deposit on their home. I mean, obviously that's different. But for the honeymooning thing, what's cool is a lot of these registries allow you to not just be like honeymoon to Bora Bora, $14,000, you know, contribute what you can, because that kind of feels like really writing a check or just a drop in the bucket, especially if it's a big amount, you know, like, am I really helping? Whereas if you do like a set of towels... <laughs> You really feel like you it's like a thing. You can put your arms around it. But what's cool is a lot of these honeymoon registries allow you to register for certain parts of your honeymoon. So you could do like couples massage, $150, um, dinner at this restaurant that we're dying to go to, $200. And then the guest feels like they're like, I got them this. I got them this experience, this thing that they're going to do together, that they're going to remember when they oh, come home. Yeah. So it's a little bit more kind of special than just money. Now, obviously, when <laughs> I have to explain this to clients all the time, when the money is given to you with all of these registries, it doesn't come to you like earmarked for you have to use this for that couple's massage. It still comes to your account in the form of cash. And if you decide you don't want to do that massage, who cares? Um, but at least for the guests, there, there is that feeling that they are contributing. And we actually have a lot of our clients basically take their trip plan and copy paste it into one of these honeymoon registries. So like it's literally things that they'll be doing and they just like dump it over into a honeymoon registry and then their, their guests cool. contribute. So I, I I'm all about it. I think most people are behind it now too. That's cool. cool. So I actually was on a Reddit thread earlier today. So I'm actually happy we're talking about this where um, the controversy came into play because um, I don't know if it was the couple or of a maid of honor or whatever. It's just drama. But um, yep. basically the couple, for lack of whoever it was, put out a jar 
at their bar and put honeymoon fun on it. So when we talk about honeymoon fund um, in, in what we were just talking about, just for everybody listening, I just want to clarify, yes. it does not mean asking for money at your wedding. This no. is because when the guest has shown up to your wedding, they've probably already brought or given you a gift or a card. Yep. When you then ask and put out a thing for additional money, that's craptastic. And yeah. please don't do it. I, I right? would agree. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean like. This is a very different thing that we're talking about. At Nordstrom's or wherever you register. Right. Um, right. There are these. There, there are a dime a dozen. There's many, many of them out there. So, right. yeah. But don't, we just, that, that's I don't, weird. I've never seen that before. <laughs> I, I, I've never seen it. Um, but when I, when it showed up in the, the, the Reddit thread I was on, it, it made a lot of sense. And the whole drama was around the fact that the, they put it on the bar. So people thought they were tipping the bartenders when oh. it, it, it was technically going for the couple. So the bartenders moved in and put it on a different table where they could still contribute. But the couple got all up in arms saying like, how dare you move it? Because your tip money should be our honeymoon fund and that's oh, not at all how God. the service industry works so that's that was where the drama came from but it did make me think that like it's uh contributing to a honeymoon fund is different than putting a jar out at your wedding for people to totally to expect people to put uh cash into that's that's not as that's i don't like that <clears throat> yes I, right. I would agree be, be, with the that. thought of because they've already given you a gift right that's it's a different thing um so so we sort of we talked about um, all these different things and let's take a little bit of a break for our sponsor. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, um, you know, when we think is a good time to leave for the honeymoon. I want to talk about mini moons a little bit. And I really want to talk about some mistakes um, that we can really give our listeners to uh, to really get ahead of the game. So we will be right back. And uh, I'm so excited. This is so fun. Today's episode is sponsored by Warby Parker. Warby Parker makes buying glasses online easy and risk-free with glasses starting at just 95 bucks. Their home try-on program allows you to order five pairs of glasses shipped straight to your home so you can try them out for like five days. After five days are up, you can easily send them back using the prepaid returning shipping label with no obligation to purchase. You you did this, right, Danielle? I did. So when I did my trial, I actually wore them around for most of the day. I got a feel for their comfort and how they looked, and I was able to snag the opinions of the people that I saw throughout the day, including the, my friends on social media. And funny enough, most of the people um, picked the glasses that were probably the least comfortable to wear on my face because I have a big head. So I was able to get a feel for them. Otherwise, I would have, if I just went off of looks alone, I would be absolutely regretting my decision today. So yeah, I was happy I got to, uh, you know, with when you have them for the five days, you get to feel them out. So that was cool. Yeah. I remember you posting the pictures and people voting on them and stuff. That was really funny. Yeah. Um, so, so when you place an order for glasses that you like with your prescription, Warby Parker gets started on them right away. So you have them crazy fast, like in a week and a half, if not sooner. Yeah. And since we know that as a listener of this podcast, you have a pretty big heart. Aww. For every pair of glasses <laughs> sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need, which is really awesome, you guys. So to order your free home try-ons today, head to warbyparkertrial.com slash ring. Seriously, Warby Parker makes your experience completely risk and stress free with free shipping all around. Visit warbyparkertrial.com slash ring to get started. Now back to the show. Okay, we're back with Irina Vishnevskaya from 
all a travel uh, and we're talking honeymoons so let's jump right back in so so thoughts on when to leave uh for your honeymoon so wedding's over when do you leave uh let's let's suggest that you you got married on a saturday yep typical saturday wedding so so this is another thing when you like a, about a year before you travel before you get married start talking about this as well there's kind of two schools of thought you can you know, get married on the Saturday of your wedding. Um, and then please, first of all, never, ever, ever, ever do not book a flight for Sunday. That is what they do in the movies. In real life, it's a disaster. Um, unless it's like a Sunday at 11.30 p.m. flight, I would really, really beg you not to do that. So even if you want to travel right after the wedding, make it a Monday or if you want um, a better flight, price usually Tuesdays are even better so do give yourself even if you're traveling right after your wedding give yourself one or two days to like clean up shop um, usually packing before your wedding is really stressful and you just like can't get there mentally because your brain is like in wedding mode not in what happens after the wedding I think for a lot of people leading up to their wedding it's like we just need to get to the wedding and then everything's on <laughs> like who knows what's <laughs> after that um so so give yourself that time to like pack get your ducks in a row etc so that's that's one one option is traveling right after the wedding the other one is giving yourself a month or two or, or three or longer and delaying your honeymoon and um, maybe using that time to save up a little bit of money uh, or or maybe the place that you want to go to that both of you are just like dead set on going to. If you were to travel right after your wedding, it's rainy season and it would suck. So maybe you're just delaying because you're trying to get to the, the weather-wise the, the right time. So both are great and wonderful. If you delay, I would say, please don't delay more than like six months because then it'll just feel like another trip. It'll kind of not feel like a honeymoon. It'll feel like a trip that you're taking together, which is great, um, but not honeymoonish. Um, and if you delay, I still would recommend some sort of a mini moon um, because yeah. it's, again, going back to work on that Monday or Tuesday after your wedding is a bit of a bummer. So if you're going really far away for your honeymoon and it's three months later, go away for three days, somewhere nearby, out of town, you know, rent a nice little place, do like a staycation, relax, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, we, um, Rachel and I, when we were planning our honeymoon, we decided that a cruise would be good for us because we had stuff to do like on the ship, you know, while we were going away. Um, we also really liked the idea of, of like a couple of beach days in tropical places. So we could do like one just chilling on the beach, beach day. Yeah. Um, but like that actually, that left the week after our wedding. Yep. So we said, well, what are we going to do in like the week in between, which is when we decided we were going to like, oh, well, I've never been to Disney. So let's book like Disney and Harry Potter World because Rachel and I are huge Harry Potter fans. Um, and we said, OK, so let's um, let's leave Tuesday. Um, we left Tuesday. So that way, Monday, we could we could deposit all of the gifts and awesome things yes. that we got from our family members because uh, we also didn't want lots of checks and cash just sitting around, you know, for two weeks while we were away. Um, so we kind of like did like double honeymoon. The uh, first part while we were waiting for the cruise was Harry Potter World and Disney. And then we, you know, got a convertible and we drove down the, the coast of Florida uh, oh. with the wind in our hair. Actually, it was just too hot. We like we like put the convertible up like after like a half hour driving. And, and her hair. <laughs> was like in I always imagined it I always imagined it to be like this but then I'm like <laughs> men with short hair do not um, understand the struggle yes. 
Isn't there's totally a movie where like like this guy's like real suave, like this woman's like driving in this guy's convertible and her hair's flying all over the place, and he's like, wait a second, hold on, hold on, and he like fidgets with like the the seat adjustments. What movie? You know what I'm talking about? He, like fidgets with the seat adjustments, and then she like moves up, and all of a sudden her hair's like perfect, like she's it just is. in. That's Spanglish. Oh yes, yes. Oh, that's it. Yes. Oh, lifesaver. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Everybody was yelling that Goodness to us. Oh, <laughs> good job. Spanglish! <laughs> Sorry, guys. We got there. Arena, way to oh, save goodness. the day. Clutch. All right, so so <laughs> let's jump back into honeymoons here. What were you, wait, Dan, you were talking about, um, you were, were you done with your thought of what you were oh, talking yeah, yeah, about? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so we like, we drove down the coast and, and got to um, the port where the cruise ship was and then got on there and then spent, you know, another 10 days, days on the cruise ship. And it was great just to like, like that was that was us trying to figure out like how we could do something together, how I could not just sit on the beach um, and do some activities and how Rachel could also fill her love tank by just sitting on the beach and relaxing. So that's yeah, awesome. I didn't know you guys did the cruise, too. I knew you had gone to Disney because we talked about Harry Potter World, but um, I didn't know you yeah. did the cruise, too. I I was sitting here going. I, was I saw your the, puzzled look with the question mark going. You didn't go on a cruise. You went to Disney. <laughs> He was like, yeah. is he making up a story for the episode? Nope. <laughs> what yeah. is happening yeah, that was, right that's, now? That's why we actually ended up doing, like, adding on Disney and Harry Potter's because, because we did have that week. a week later. Yeah. I love that. That's really smart that you did that instead of being like, oh, we'll just stay back at home and, I don't know, work. We've had, we had one couple do that, and it was just a disaster. I felt so bad for them. They got married in New Orleans, flew back home to New York, worked for two days and then left on their honeymoon and we were just like why didn't you tell us you were doing this this is such a bad idea um because you're not at work you're like half you're nowhere you're just in like yeah around land for you're not productive at that point. <laughs> no your, your no. brain is so far gone just, so what are so that's like sounds like a mistake i want to talk about we want to talk about more mistakes um so what are some other common mistakes that you sort of people you see people make when they're planning their honeymoon or uh, try to make that you're like no don't do that yeah, so one of them for sure, um, and we're pretty like almost militant about this, is even if you got, if you, the two of you as a couple are super active and you are like hikers and doers and seers and like nonstop go, 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 that's cool and that's fine. And your honeymoon should be a reflection of that. But if, if you're traveling right after your wedding and you are flying, I don't know, seven, eight hours to get to wherever you're going, please don't hit the ground running like you normally would. You have to understand that after your wedding, you're going to be probably the most tired you've ever been in your life. It's both <laughs> like sleep, yeah. not and it, like it is kind of sleep, but it's also adrenaline, right? Like it, it is right. a really big life high. So just understand, take my word for it because you will feel it. Um, and even if your honeymoon is all go, 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 give yourself the first day, two days, maybe even three days, to just chill, do laid back things, not be on a schedule, not be rushing around because you will set yourself up for success later on. Um, sometimes if people do too much too fast, it's very common to get sick, like not not like throwing up sick or anything, but just like immune system is down sick and somebody gotcha. is like, oh, I need to take a day off and just like lay in the hotel room. And that bums me out. So just give yourselves the time to chill and rest, please. Um, that's that's a big one, and and yeah, we have to talk a lot of people through that. Um, <laughs> another one, I don't know, is is budgeting. 
is feeling like you need to do what somebody else did for their honeymoon, like getting too caught up in, well, so-and-so posted on Instagram these amazing pictures and whatever. If that's not in your budget, if that's not, like, don't do it. Don't, there are, the, it's a big, incredible world out there, and there's a place for every budget, and you will feel better on your honeymoon, not feeling like every time you get a check at the restaurant, you're like, oh, you know, like, <laughs> we got a for this when we get home. It, that's not going to feel good. So, so look at it realistically. Try to separate yourself from the pretty pictures that you see. Um, we on our team often joke about how we want to start an Instagram of like, what the picture frame is and then swipe right for like what's just beyond the picture frame because <laughs> there's often like sometimes to get to that amazing beach you have to pass a trash heap or something so just remember that like nobody posts those other elements and keep that in mind <laughs> and in general in life right not just with right that's um, always what it comes down to yeah <laughs> in in all things life um also I'm really a big believer in understanding where your comfort zone is as far as culture shock. So maybe it would be really amazing. It's your dream to go to India. Like you really want to go to India, but you haven't really ever been to Asia. You've been to, I don't know, France once, whatever. India will be a big culture shock. And maybe on another trip that would feel good don't stretch it too far in a honeymoon. Don't make it feel like work. Mm. Don't you don't. This isn't like a homework assignment type trip where you're going to like, you know, prove to someone that you can be this tough and like see cultures that intense. If your dream to, is to go to India and you have traveled all over Asia backpacking and you are like a big travel pro, by all means, go to India because it's within your comfort zone and it's within your where like that sweet spot of where things are going to feel good. But have that honest conversation with yourself. It's okay. It, like no judgment. It's totally okay. And that yeah. that's you finding what works for you for the two of you too. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, couples are very separate in there. We see that a lot. Like one person has done all the world and the other person has not. So you have to find a middle point there too. That's cool. really interesting. I think so. I am relatively recently engaged, and we are in the phase where we're just like talking about a whole lot of what ifs. Um, yeah. But what I'm what I'm realizing is, as I'm researching different things, even from from honeymoon options to wedding venues, is I'm getting this weird pressure that I'm putting onto myself of I just it. It, we need to make the right decision. And what I'm realizing and what Mike's really good at bringing me back to is like, we it's we can go on more trips than just a honeymoon. Like yes. just because we pick someplace for a honeymoon, it doesn't, it's you know. It's not your and, last trip ever together. Right, exactly. So yeah. if there's other places you want to go, don't feel like, well, we have to do it for a honeymoon or else we never will. When I, I think there's, you know, potentially other opportunities that you might make for yourself to still travel. And I yep. can... I, I being in this phase of life now, I, I'm trying to remind myself like it's it's just it's not that it's just a honeymoon, but it's um but it's there's th there's more trips to be planned. Like I, it's not if if we don't plan a, a honeymoon to Alaska that I'll never see Alaska. I just exactly. need to plan a future trip to Alaska. <laughs> so that's yeah. how that works. <laughs> yeah, and it's also it's also not really something that you can necessarily go wrong with. You know, like it's not. Right. I feel like a lot of things in life, there's like a 
right decision and a wrong decision. And a lot of times your short list of destinations will probably most of them be a very good fit for you. And we see clients get very caught up in like, just tell us what's right, what's right. And it's like, there is no right. You cannot go wrong with any of these. So remove that. It's just what what feels the most right right now. Right. Um, And then put the others in your to-do list for later on. (laughs) Right. Speaking of that, are are there any like popular destinations you see a lot of or you're seeing right now? Yeah. So it's it's very much like fashion trends. Places come in and out of Vogue. Uh, it's crazy. It is really, really crazy how um, destinations work. Um, and I'm, I, I'm always fascinated by, by how there's always like a year of this destination and a year of that destination. So um, in Europe, Croatia is really up and coming, um, you still get a lot of really good value for your money. It's not as expensive as Greece. Um, it is just as beautiful, if not more so, I may say. And then it's also surrounded by, um, if you want like off the beach time and Slovenia is incredible to the north, Montenegro to the south. Um, so that's that's a big one in Europe that we're seeing pick up like crazy. Like honestly, huh. two years ago, nobody was talking about Croatia. And this year, we had a lot of people go to Croatia and loved it. And Croatia has also, maybe a few years ago, they didn't have as many great hotel options. And now they've got beautiful boutiques, stunning hotels. Um, so, so all of that is is great to consider um in asia for beachgoers the philippines is great get a lot of value for your money bali bali is like oh my god if you want to feel like king and queen for not a lot of money go to bali um you will get a private villa with a butler and i don't know all the all the works for for very very little so it's a great Mm -hmm. um option uh new zealand is great for adventurous people uh, you compare that with Fiji on your way there for that relaxing bit that I talked about. So find a Fiji, do Fiji, then go to New Zealand, uh, Morocco for foodies and, you know, the desert. Uh, yeah, all of those are, I would say those are like hot new. And then there's Italy will never go out of style. Greece will never go out of style. Um, the, in the Caribbean, we love um, the ABC islands, Aruba, Curacao, and Bonaire, and they're not affected by hurricane season. So if you are getting married during hurricane season, those islands are, it's crazy. Like last year during, you know, last year was like hurricane on hurricane. These islands yeah. were like crystal clear water, perfection, nothing happening. So that's a really good um, option as well. So you don't, you don't have to be on pins and needles, like is something going to happen or not um, when we're traveling. And Colombia, Colombia is a huge one right now. Um, It is so easy to get to for most of the United States. Flights are generally very, very cheap. And there's a little bit of everything. There's stunning beaches, there's cute towns, there's coffee, coffee country. So you can stay at a a bed and breakfast, luxurious (laughs) bed and breakfast, um, visit coffee farms, obviously drink amazing coffee. It's luxurious but yet active at the same time so yeah columbia is uh, one that we're we're really loving right now i, <laughs> I know i listed a lot more than you probably no this is <laughs> i'm so itching now to just like oh so i need to go i need to go on a on another honeymoon i think that was, yes. just, maybe it's a surprise rachel trip. there you go so i guess can we before we sort of start to wrap this up i want to talk about um, just sort of finding that balance while you are 
on your honeymoon? Yeah, for sure. So even if, let's say, both of you are huge beach lovers and love laying on the beach, which is great, still keep in mind that it's really nice to have something to talk about while you're laying on the beach. (laughs) Um, So adding things that you do together, various experiences, whatever they may be, an experience doesn't have to be a boring tour through town or going to a museum. Just because that's somebody else's version of fun doesn't have to be yours. So don't force yourself to do that. Maybe it's a cooking class. Maybe it's a cool restaurant um, where, you you know, it's like a local um, and you're eating in his home. It's not even a restaurant, something like that. So finding those experiences that speak to you, but giving yourselves a break from, um, the, the rest to engage in something that you can talk about when you're resting and also share, you know, when you come home, I always think about like, and we ask our clients, like you came home from your honeymoon. What's the story that you're telling people about at dinner, at a dinner party? And they're like, tell us about your honeymoon. You're not going to like go through every single detail, right? So you, mm-hmm. you pick a few highlights. What are those highlights going to be? What are the show stopping moments and, and balance them out? Um, but also, the other side of that balance is, you know, like we talked about, even if you're crazy active, give yourselves the rest time because you need to offset that um, and and give yourself that, that breather that you maybe normally wouldn't. Maybe all of your trips in the past and forever forward in the future will be crazy active. Treat this one a little bit differently. Cool. I feel like your knowledge is is really amazing and already might answer this next question um but just for like with sites like expedia and priceline and kayak and all those places what's what what's the benefit of of using a travel agent yeah so there is nothing wrong with those sites at all i don't i don't ever trash talk them and in fact a lot of times not a lot of times but there are times when a certain hotel is cheaper on Expedia than anywhere else. And we will book it on Expedia for our clients so that we are not like, no, waging war on anyone. (laughs) Um, It's more about what you are looking for. So if example A is like, if you know that you are like, really just want to go to a resort in Mexico, lay on the beach, please just use the Expedia packages feature. It's great they have really good prices that are pretty hard to beat. Um, And you can set that up yourself. And if you feel like you can compare through those resorts yourselves, or you like have your heart set on a place, go for it. But if you're feeling like, ah, I'm having a hard time comparing resorts or which one we really love good food and we can't tell between all inclusive packages, which one would be better. I'm getting overwhelmed reading through reviews then a traditional travel agent would be really great for you because they know all of those resorts inside and out. In that kind of a package environment, somebody like me in LA is a really bad fit because our bread and butter is not all-inclusive resorts. So if you ask me about the the, the pool, the margaritas by the pool at this resort versus that resort, I'd be like, I don't know. I really don't know. I can tell you about the the random beach off in, in Costa Rica, like which one you have to ford a river to and which one you don't. And I can talk to you about that. But, <laughs> but, but so like, you know, find, you know, with yourself, what kind of human input you need. If you can find it online and book it yourself, by all means, go for it. If you have questions you need answered, traditional travel agent, if you want to do something that's really 
um, whether it be off the beaten path, big on experiential, um, then I would work with somebody like a travel planner who's going to plan all the different elements of your trip and not just the resort and not just the flight, but like the experiences that you'll be having there as well. Um, so it's kind of like a gradient and just find the one that works for you. There's no shame in one or the other. Um, make sure that it's a good fit that it's a good personality fit that you feel like you can trust the person and that like you would kind of want to travel with them. I mean, it's not like we travel with our clients. Um, but you know, there is kind of a style that goes into planning and, um, just make sure that it, that it feels good. And if not keep looking and wait until you find that. I know that there's a, um, with most travel agents, uh, you know, going through resorts, there's usually not a fee to work with travel agents because they are, it's, you know, they work off of, you know, I guess you would say commission paid through resorts. Mm -hmm. Do you work along the same lines or is it a little bit different? No. So that's, that is one of the ways that we're different. Um, because we are completely agnostic with where we book things. Um, like I said, if it's Expedia, we'll book on Expedia. Um, so we just charge a flat fee per day planned. Um, and so you just pay us, you know what you're paying us up front. And that's why we don't care if your budget is $2,000 or $25,000. We've worked with both. Um, we love both. It's more about like a client fit than anything else. And we, you, and we know how we're getting paid. We're not trying to like, to me, and this is very personal to me, I would feel really uncomfortable trying to sell our clients on certain resorts or certain packages just because I know I have to pay rent at the end of the month and I really need you to book this one place because it pays me better. So obviously I wouldn't be very unbiased, but that's how my head works. Mm -hmm. That's like I said, it's not, that doesn't mean it's the right or wrong way. It's just how we have built our business. And so you pay us the flat fee and you know, all the elements of your trip are taken care of, not just the hotel and the flights. Um, and awesome. there's some people working in kind of a hybrid space now. It's very common now to find travel agents who are charging a fee. But if you stay at a resort that pays them commission, maybe they'll give you a little bit of a discount just because they're, it's kind of a, it's a big transition phase for the mm-hmm. industry overall, um, especially with things like Airbnb and home rentals. Um, we happily book Airbnbs and, and villa rentals and what it, uh, we do glamping too. There's some incredible tree houses with like all the fixings and all the luxury. Um, so we oh, love, cool. we love booking all of those. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, we're not tied to hotels or, or resorts at all. We love those as well. But- so, the the tree houses and the glamping places are they is there anything in the united states yeah yeah there's quite a few there's luxury yurts there's a Joshua tree <clears throat> yeah yeah those are there's some in big sur too mm-hmm. but there's i've looked at some just outside of new york as well like within there's a website i think it's called glamping glamping hub they have a lot in the us cool wow. okay yeah so definitely look that up i'm sure that, there's got to be one like within an hour of you, wherever you are. And the yurts are really cool. Like those are, those are fancy. Uh, I just saw a, uh, somebody the other day, I forget who it was. One of my past couples, I think who was just in this like luxury yurt. Um, they like, it was just like home for a week and it was just absolutely beautiful inside. And I was like, I need that in my life right now. (laughs) They're really, really cool. Yeah. A lot of them are super fancy. Um, like Slovenia has, um, a, 
some that are like run kind of like a hotel or like a bed and breakfast more of. So there's like seven of them. And those are a bit more treehousey, but they are so fancy. I mean, it's like a five star resort. They bring you breakfast in the morning. It's a family that runs it, but you're like in the middle of the mountains. It's it's incredible and pretty affordable. In Sylvania, for example, it's really affordable. I have so. I hope Mike is listening to this episode. I'm gonna make him <laughs> listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah, just hey, you, can you edit this or like, can you proofread this episode for me, babe? Because I need your how help. How does my voice sound? You're right. How to tell me how I sound? Uh, so that's it's. So uh, the reason I know the Joshua Tree one is, you know, in searching for like, where are we gonna do this wedding? I keep going down this rabbit hole of being like, um you know, where, where can we do it? That's just amazing. Um, you know, that we can still afford and all these things. And I'm just finding all these cool places. And like the glamping one, I grew up camping in a motor home with air conditioning. Um, to me, camp, that's what camping is. Um, so I've been finding all these cool, like huts and all these things. And I show him and he's like, you would hate that because like, I just, and that's that I would hate it. But he's like, do you really want to be in a situation like that where you know you don't have, you know, I sound like a, you know what, but like, I, I just like air conditioning. I'm with like, you. Yeah. I, I'm like, I, I love the idea of it, um, but I don't know how like physically I would be and stuff. He's like, we can just go there on a trip. We don't have to plan the wedding around it. I was like, oh, right. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to that again. (laughs) We have switched roles so much in this in this wedding planning. It is so funny. I am the spontaneous like, oh, let me show you all these things. And he's like, we need to plan out the time to, you know, go through all of it. Holy moly. He's the voice of reason. I am the psycho that is just throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. This is not who I am. Guys. Oh that's my a, lord! That's fun part of it too. <laughs> I we're we're right. leveling out, but I have yeah. literally Googled the entire world at this point. Like, <laughs> when I do not need to, but anyway. Uh, so while we wrap up this episode, Arena, where can people find you to get more information on you and your services, and just to just sort of stalk you? Yeah, totally. Um, so our website is a good place to start, allatravel.co, no M at the end, so A-L-L-E travel.co. Our Instagram, we're, we're always posting, um, it, it, so it's at allatravels. Uh, you can always email me. I love talking to people. It's irena at allatravel.co. Um, and yeah, for the stalking, Instagram, we're, we're pretty we're pretty transparent <laughs> and open on there. So Instagram's you your place. If you want to away, yeah, <laughs> then I would go there. That's awesome. And we will link to all of this in the show notes as usual for you guys. I just followed you on Instagram to see. Oh, cool. Me too. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. And thanks, Arena, so much for being here. You're the best. Thank you. That was so fun. I'm glad. That was way fun than what I had planned for this morning. So, (laughs) sorry. Way more. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. We love you. And if you haven't yet, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps us out so much, you guys. You can find the show notes for today's episode at putaringonapodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget, um, connect with us on all of the socials. Yep. I am at DPNAC, D-P-N-A-K, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. 
And I'm at Daniel Moore Photo on Instagram and Daniel Moore Photography on Facebook and Pinterest. And remember, you can always send us your questions on our website or on the Put a Ring on It podcast Facebook page. We really do our best to answer every single one we get, and we might even include yours in an upcoming episode. Finally, know that you are awesome. And no matter what, remember that your wedding is going to kick butt. Yeah, it is. Bye, guys. <laughs>